From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. Sometime in the early 80s, REO Speedwagon's airplane made an unannounced middle-of-the-night landing. This is my friend Kyle McLaughlin, the star of Twin Peaks. And he's telling me about how he discovered a real-life Twin Peaks in rural North Carolina, not far from where he filmed Blue Velvet. What was on the plane was copious amounts of drugs coming in from South America. Supposedly, Pablo Escobar went looking for other spots, quiet, out-of-the-way places to bring in his cocaine. My name is Joshua Davis, and I'm an investigative reporter. Kyle and I talk all the time about the strange things we come across, but nothing was quite as strange as what we found in Varnumtown, North Carolina. There's crooked cops, brother against brother. Everyone's got a story to tell, but does the truth even exist? Welcome to Varnumtown. Varnumtown is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, we're really excited to announce that our live show in Boston with True Crime Obsessed is back on for July 31st, 2021. It was originally scheduled for March of 2020, and that didn't happen. So here we are. Right. We all know how it went down when we were all together in Brooklyn, New York, way back in October of 2019. And then the world stopped. We were not able to get together with our friends at True Crime Obsessed, Jillian and Patrick. Also, Maggie Freeling will be joining us. We got the band back together at the Wilbur Theater. You can go to thewilbur.com for your tickets. And if you had purchased tickets to the previous shows, current ticket holders, because of the venue change, your tickets will be refunded. And then you'll have exclusive advanced access to purchase tickets to the new show. You should have received two emails, one confirming the refund and one with the link to purchase the new tickets. And of course, True Crime Obsessed covers true crime documentaries. And in this show, they cover the disappearance of Maura Murray oxygen documentary that Lance and I were a part of. See you at the Wilbur. Anchor is flat out the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your computer or even your phone. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to Crawl Space. I am Tim, here alone in this intro, but don't worry, Lance is joining us for the episode, as is Jennifer Amell, who works for Crawl Space Media. 
And this is a really fun conversation. It's not heavy. We talk about a man named Michael Packard, and he's from the Cape Cod area. And recently, he ended up in a whale's mouth. That is what he told his friend and what it appeared like, and he went to the hospital. It's a whole thing. We just thought this was an interesting story, basically a story that seemed like it was destined to become folklore. So we wanted to sort of nip that in the bud and see if we could make a determination one way or another if we think what Michael claimed to have experienced was real in our opinion. And we kind of joke around a little bit and treat it like it's a, uh, like it's a true crime case a little bit. Um, but it is a really fascinating story and obviously a little dramatic for Mr. Michael Packard. So it's all in good fun. And he seems like a great guy. And we play some clips from Jimmy Kimmel in the episode. He has a great sense of humor and was on the Jimmy Kimmel Live show, as was his first mate and friend Josiah, who you will hear as well. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening. Make sure to check out our show with True Crime Obsessed and Maggie Freeling on July 31st, 2021 at the Wilbur in Boston. Tickets are still available, but they're going fast. Get them at thewilbur.com. Thanks, everybody. All right, here we are back on Crawl Space. We are being joined now by Jennifer Amell. What's going on, Jen? I'm doing really well. It's a little rainy outside my hatch, but otherwise, pretty good. I didn't even know you had a window in your hatch. <laughs> just one. It's behind me. Yeah, so just the one that, that tells you what the weather is, and that's all you need. It's like, I'm looking at it right now. It's it's circular. It kind of looks like something that you'd find in a submarine, uh, maybe a little bit smaller, just enough so that like two eyes can maybe look out. I am coming to you from under the sea. <laughs> oh, how how uh, how appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> well, today in this episode of Crawl Space, it's a little different. We're not talking about true crime today, and we have all assembled to discuss this story that came out of Cape Cod, Provincetown, Massachusetts, on June 11th, Friday, June 11th, 2021. There was a lobster diver named Michael Packard, who found himself inside the mouth of a humpback whale. Right. Okay. So this yes. is uh this is a lobster diver. Everyone knows uh Cape Cod and the islands are famous for their lobsters. They're famous for cod, obviously. They're famous for their deep sea fishing. Um and I'm sure you encounter all sorts of sea life when you're out there. I'm sure you see whales. I'm sure that's um, probably pretty common to see a whale rise and, and dive uh, from a distance. Uh, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm going to go on the skeptical side, not because I want to be the devil's advocate in this story. I just can't believe the odds of this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Where, 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 where do you guys stand on it? Well, we're going to get into it. This is serious. This is a serious episode of the show. We're going to have a conversation about this because I think this is such a departure from what we normally do. So I just want to mention it. And it's sort of a story that seems destined to become an urban legend. And we're, we heard about it right when it happened, you know, and it's already on like random websites as, you know, Oh, this guy is swallowed by a whale, which is incorrect. Um, but let's get into it. I mean, I, I think the guy's got no reason to lie. He seems like, uh, more on the spectrum of the most interesting man in the world. And I am on the fence about this. I could go either way. I mean, it seems like a pretty incredible story. 
But the guy was on Jimmy Kimmel and he told his story from the mouth of a replica whale mouth that they built for him on set. And uh, he seemed to have a sense of humor about it. But I don't know. He was a little too, like, you know, uh, hamming it up for the cameras. So maybe maybe he is a kind of huckster. I don't know. <laughs> huckster. Oh, pardon him for for uh, hamming it up on live TV with a uh, famous comedian. Yeah, I would say I, I would say I would cut him a little slack on hamming it up. He could have been nervous. It could have been some nervous energy. He could have been told by the producers, hey, be yourself. Be be your best Cape Cod, Massachusetts self. You know, you, really, if you have the accent, lay thick into the accent uh, because people love that. And the 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 storytelling from the mouth of the humpback whale was was fun. Uh, I don't know how much PTSD one would suffer from that other than having the moment happen being absolutely convinced you're going to die because you don't know where where you are he said he felt like he got hit by a freight truck and then it was darkness and then water was just rushing in which is crazy and that's how he was going to go like that's what he was saying this is how i'm going to go and then all of a sudden he's not dead and he's got this great story so i could see a lot of mixed emotions going on and a lot of nervous energy you know the guy's a lobster deep sea lobster fisherman and all of a sudden he's in uh, los angeles all across the country, you know, talking about this experience on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Just to set the stage, first of all, this is not your first near-death experience. You were on a plane crash with fatalities. You um, have been face-to-face with great white sharks. You um, discovered a body in the ocean. You've been through a lot of stuff. I have. And then last week, you were swallowed by a whale. I wasn't swallowed, Jimmy. I was in his mouth. Well, let's get that straight. I got a show to do, and I'm going with Swallow. (laughs) You were in his mouth. Okay, you weren't swallowed. Interesting. All right, I guess there is a difference. Yeah, because if you were swallowed, you would have come out the other end, huh? He did at the end, albeit charmingly, he did plug his own business. So there is some incentive there. And so he was diving down when this happened. He said he was about 35 feet deep. He then was hit by something. He says, well, when it first happened, I like like Josiah said, I was descending. I almost got to the bottom. I was at about 35 feet and I just got hit by a freight truck. Just this bang. And then everything just went instantly dark and I'm just moving, traveling fast through the water. And I'm like, what the heck did I just get, get eaten by a shark? And I was like, no, sharks' mouths aren't that big, and I don't feel any teeth. Oh, great, I didn't get eaten by a shark. (laughs) And this is what he recalled from Cape Cod Hospital in Hyannis. He said, I could sense I was moving, and I could feel the whale squeezing with the muscles in his mouth. Yeah, that's pretty specific. I mean, it would make sense. I don't know how tall uh, this, this gentleman is. I would imagine he's probably in the high five foot to maybe maybe 5'11", 5'10", 5'11", something like that. So it's possible. I mean, a whale can fit, if you were to have a 10-foot item in its mouth, it could probably fit that in its mouth, but it would be tight. And there, you know, you think about that. Think about the muscles on the tongue. Like, yeah, there would be some squeezing involved. So I, I you know, stories checking out in my head so far. I, I think uh, people sort of weighed in after the fact, and they thought it might have been a juvenile humpback whale, not a fully grown one. Why is that? Which I'm sure is still substantial and could fit a grown man in its mouth. 
but not to swallow. I think they're, they're saying the esophagus of a juvenile whale is sm- smaller naturally than an adult whale. And that's one reason it could be true that Packard wasn't swallowed by the whale. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I believe it's physically impossible for any, like the humpback whale to, to swallow, juvenile or, or adult. Is that what they told you? The humpback whales? That's the research I've done for this episode. You're a whaleologist now? Uh, to, to back up my sources, that was from uh, Nicola Hodgkins of the Whale and Dolphin Conservation out of the UK. It is physically impossible for an adult humpback whale to swallow a human being. I don't know. Sounds like a front. Could be a front. Has it ever been scientifically tested? I would, I would combat that with. I don't know if it's ever been tested. That might be a little dangerous. <sighs> I don't know, but I'd like to volunteer Lance as the <laughs> test subject. Well, I mean, so far his story checks out, regardless of whether or not right. the whale is capable of swallowing a human being, he wasn't swallowed. And he does say, I wasn't swallowed. Uh, it's just a much more fun headline. Yeah, it's a lot easier to, to say because it's a, it's a clunky headline saying, oh, I was, I was in a whale's mouth. People are like, huh? It's automatically just a confusing story. Um, so, yeah, it seems like he was inside the mouth of this whale for, he said, 30 to 40 seconds, which, like, if you're going to make up a story, I'd be like, I was in there for two hours breathing through its blowhole. You knew you were aware while you were in there that you're inside the Absolutely. whale. Absolutely. And when you said you could feel yourself moving through the water quickly, so you could actually, it was almost like being in a submarine or something where you were feeling exactly. that motion. Yeah, a submarine or a car or a... And a motorcycle, then, but with water just rushing. Just did you begin to struggle and uh, and let the whale know that you were in there? I was struggling and banging and kicking and and just thinking, there's no way I'm going to get out of this unless he decides to let me go. And I'm dead. This wow, is how I'm you had go. all of those thoughts. How long were you in there? I would say approximately 30 to 40 seconds. Packard did suffer some soft tissue injuries but no broken bones or anything. And he was spit out by the whale. Um, his friend who was on the boat, I guess, uh, saw some commotion at the surface and said he saw Packard kind of come flying out of the water. So that's a big thing to me. So we do have an eyewitness to this event. There was the, his business partner, fellow fisherman, who was on the boat. And so he saw his, his buddy, Michael, dive down for the lobster. Um, and he was under for like... I want to say like a minute or something. And then he saw the whale surface and he initially thought it was a great white shark, which I had no idea there were great whites off the coast of Massachusetts. Oh, really? No. Oh, there's so many sightings. I think we just had like three sightings in the past week uh, over 4th of July. There was a bunch of sightings. Oh, my God. Yeah. How appropriate. We're not shutting this beach down. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think the whale, when he swallowed, or when he had the guy in his mouth, he's like, we're going to need a bigger whale? That's probably what he opened his mouth to say. And then then Packard popped out. And then, Josiah, tell us what you witnessed. Well, we'd uh, done a couple of dives, and uh, we caught a couple hundred hundred pounds of lobster or something like that. And um, he went down for a a third dive. Everything was normal, and he kind of drifted away. His bubbles went away from the boat. And uh, then I just saw a huge boil, splashing, slashing all over the water. And I thought, oh, man, this is it. This is that shark attack that we're always, you know, worried about. Then I saw whale parts. I saw, you know, whale fluke and the whale's head. And I 
suddenly knew it wasn't a shark attack, but still something crazy was happening. Then Michael shot out of the water. I could see his little legs kind of <laughs> flying out of the water, in the, just out of a boil, an eruption of white water. Yeah, well, we got him back on the boat, and we, we, a friend of ours helped me lift him back on the boat, and we just first communicated with him. You know, I pulled the boat up to him and said, you know, what's going on? You're okay, you're okay. He said his leg was broken. He thought his leg was broken. We pulled him on the boat, and then... Um, the first thing I said was, I was in the... <laughs> well, it is kind of a dangerous job. I mean, if you think about it, you're obviously uh, not in a normal um, element. You're underwater, un- under the ocean. And there's a quote here from an unnamed Cape Cod Hospital ER doctor uh, that was reported in the New York Post. And he said that uh, Packard reportedly ascended from a 45-foot depth in 20 to 40 seconds and didn't have evidence of barotrauma, which is, I guess, like the bends when you come up uh, too fast. That's that's why you have to do it slowly, I guess, when you scuba dive and such. Yeah, the right. pressure change, right? Yeah, you have to like decompress or something. But I got to wrap my head around 45 feet. First, I have to wrap my head around, like, how did they estimate that? Why wouldn't it be like... Did he say, like, I think it might have been 45 feet or he was diving at 45 feet and that's where he was hit? So he. Yeah, I think okay. he he says he was around 35 feet when he got, you know, what he described as hit by like a freight truck. Um, he was heading to the the bottom to the uh, to the bottom there of the um, of the ocean to go to grab lobsters, I guess. Right. So I think I think you're probably right that the whale was probably closer, further down than uh, than where he was when he. Ended up in the whale's mouth, maybe. Okay, so it's a good estimate. I mean, if yeah, if the it's pretty fair. yeah, if the surface floor of the of where they, I guess, set the lobster trap, they probably know how deep that is based on like the length of the uh, the rope. So yeah, forty five feet. But you you come up through there. How long did they say? Like two to three seconds or something? Said twenty to forty seconds for him to shoot up. Yeah, that seems like a long time. That does. You're right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the whale's obviously a big beast. Um, could probably get up to the surface a lot faster than that. I mean, yeah, I guess we don't know how fast the whale <laughs> went uh, went to the surface. No whale eyewitnesses, Jen. Well, I feel like the story is super one sided. Like nobody has interviewed the the whale. <laughs> That's in true. This case. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Want to track down that whale? <laughs> I mean, how do we know if the whale was injured or not? Exactly. Wasn't pleasant for the whale, I bet. Well, again, very charmingly, Michael used his last few seconds on Jimmy Kimmel to actually apologize to the whale for getting in its way, which I thought was really cute. I want to apologize to the whale for getting in his way. <laughs> and I won't ever do it again. <laughs> I don't want to be the, the devil's advocate guy, but... A whale's big. How did he not see it coming? So when whales are skimming for um, food near the bottom or like where they see a grouping of fish, it blinds them when they open their mouth. So they actually can't see. No way. So they're just sort of intaking everything through their giant open mouth and Mm -hmm. whatever is there is just going in. Exactly. Interesting. Okay, I can see that happening, and I can see him getting like just slammed right into it. You know, if his back's turned, like how would he know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there would be like a gush of of water or something. Like a, I don't want to say a wave, but you know, you probably feel it coming for a second before it happened. Yeah, my bigger question is how come Michael didn't see the whale coming? 
No, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh. yeah, his his back could have been turned to him. Yeah, that was my original question, but you answered oh. it where, you know, with, from the, the whale's whales? point of view, which is... Both are fair questions. I think yeah. maybe more fair for the whale because he was going straight, you know, theoretically. Like, we don't know which way Packard was going. He was going down, I guess, when he was intercepted from the side. Obviously wearing... Right, goggles. a scuba yeah. mask. Yeah, yeah, so probably limiting his peripheral vi- vision there. Mm-hmm. That's true. And whales can cruise along. <laughs> they sure can. I mean, I'm I'm starting I'm starting to to buy this a little bit. I'm starting to buy it a little bit, and then you know it takes a second for the whale to be like, "What is in my mouth?" Like, kind of smashing it around a little bit and just being like, "Nope, this is gone instantly." Yeah, you know, this is I can't swallow this. My esophagus is only 15 inches. Yeah. Well, Michael said that he was like kicking and flailing around and trying to like hit the inside of the whale's mouth and the whale was like shaking its head what does that feel like <laughs> being sh- inside a whale head being shook is it fast do you think or is it slow well, what about like maybe it feels like being on one of those things at the carnival that like rotates you know like you're in, yeah. the, in one of those things and you're kind of like hold trying to hold yourself up maybe something like that i feel like maybe I can't imagine the, the the muscle mass of a whale like shaking its head underwater. It was probably pretty fast. Doesn't yeah. this sound like NASA training? So we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll put the astronauts inside a whale and have them experience the G-force. Listen to the 48 Hours podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real-life dramas from one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award-winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in-depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. One thing that I find interesting and possibly odd about this story is apparently the more you look into Michael Packard, uh, the more rare things that he's had happen in his life, like survived a deadly plane crash. Yeah, I was really surprised to read that in your research, Tim. Yeah, so this was back in 2001 or something? That is right. Yeah, it seems like November or December of 2001, Michael Packard was 38 at the time, and he was on an airplane that crashed in Costa Rica. So he was one of six passengers on board a Sansa airline flight from San Jose, which is the Costa Rican capital, to Porta Jimenez, which is only about 80 miles away. So this is like a little passenger plane. Yeah. Uh, do you know how lucky, how absolutely lucky you are to survive that? 
there's nothing in place to uh <laughs> as far as like if you're going down not a whole lot of um bumper room in there uh especially whatever you're flying over in costa rica there's not a whole lot of smooth terrain to make a emergency landing is there anything um that is said about the remaining passengers or the pilot i wasn't uh sure if he was the only survivor three people on the plane were killed including both pilots but four people survived so packard was one of them two other americans john brandon and maureen brandy were also a part of the survivors and i guess the fourth survivor is not named in this article here from uh, the cape cod times back in uh, 2001 so that's sort of I don't know, uh, is a little bit of a twist in this whole story. This guy, this guy's got uh, four-leaf clovers in his pocket, or uh, or maybe he's just uh, a living legend, or maybe he's uh, telling some tall tales. I don't know what's going on. I mean, obviously, the plane crash is confirmed. We know that. He did suffer quite a few injuries, too. I think he had some facial uh, lacerations or something and uh, a couple broken bones in his arms and legs. So he definitely suffered from this incident what makes me like a bit skeptical of his second crazy tale of being in the mouth of a whale is that he didn't really suffer many injuries right i guess he wasn't in there for that long but i i'll say i feel like anyone who has taken on the occupation of deep sea anything has a natural tendency to do things that would put themselves in a position to get into a plane crash in Costa Rica. Like you, he goes to Costa Rica on a fishing expedition, right? And uh, that's, that's like almost the, he's looking for the extreme version of what he does all the time. I mean, that, that's a, I don't want to say extreme in the sense of like, you know, like extreme surfing or anything like that, but he's always looking for the next step up is what it feels like to me. So anyone who's putting themselves in that position probably has more of these occurrences happening to them uh, that seem kind of remarkable when, when, you know, none of us are professional deep sea lobster fishermen. I'm sure once you go down to that depth and you experience those things there, it gives you an adrenaline rush. It fires off endorphins and you're like, what's the next thing I can do? You know, this guy probably skydives and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. And he, the way he fishes for lobsters is like pretty badass too. I mean, he doesn't like use a trap or, net or anything he like dives down and put picks them up by hand from the sea floor which is really cool oh right i forgot that part so that makes sense that's exactly how he knows that he was 45 feet down yeah yeah, yeah. he was wearing scuba gear well also that's sort of like a rogue way to do it too because when you set your traps you sort of set your territory so if you see if you're going out there to lobster fish and you see the the um the buoys like the bobbers that indicate that there's a trap below you don't fish that area so he's sort of like not scavengering but he's like or scavenging he's like a like a rogue uh fisherman he's going down where it's clear and and not setting traps and sort of smashing grabbing and packard has had some close calls with great white sharks he's he has seen them it says here in this article he was uh, an abalone diver on the West Coast in an area with great white sharks that have a history of attacking divers, and he lost some friends to the predators. So, yeah, to your point, Lance, absolutely. And it was also reported on Jimmy Kimmel that he found a body in the ocean. This guy has lived a life. 
Exactly. Put yourself in a position where you're going to have these things uh, happen, and and yeah, you're going to have some stories. And no, I think that's a a great point that uh, it is a dangerous job, and he's put himself in that position, likely in other areas of his life too. That's uh, what he does regularly, uh, diving like that. Again, it's just out of your element immediately. You know, it's like you know, it's dangerous for that point alone. Not to mention all the sea creatures that could uh, put you in their mouth. Right. And and how he was 38 years old when he got in the plane crash mm-hmm. in 2001. So he's 58, six, mm-hmm. you know, he's pushing 60. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards like, why would he make this up? And why would he <laughs> get his uh, first mate to go along with this? I mean, unless something else happened and he came popping out of the water and then decided to lie about it to his first mate. But there doesn't make any, there's no, it doesn't make any sense there either because he thought he got hit by a great white. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, the, his first mate said that like when he got Michael back on board and they were calling nine one one or whatever, he placed a call to Michael's wife and like, imagine, imagine getting that call as his wife. Josiah, you called Michael's wife yeah, and we- explained this to her. I tried not to. I just tried to say, Michael's okay. I always lead with, Michael's okay, but... Oh, this has happened before? <laughs> well, anytime there's anything, you know, on the yeah. boat. And so, yeah, I called her and let her know. She had to call me back shortly after to verify what she just heard. You know? <laughs> and I was trying to downplay it. You know, I, no one would believe it with the, with the ambulance or with, with her. I was just said, oh, we had an encounter with the whale. I didn't want to go into it. Come on, Michael. You're at the bar again, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I was just in the mouth of a whale. <laughs> and uh, there, there is a quote here from a, uh, a Don Ferris in this uh, Cape Cod Times article. Don Ferris of Don Ferris Dive Training of Cape Cod. Um, he actually says that uh, ascending 45 feet in 20 to 40 seconds is nothing. And um, he says that whatever square physicists are talking that that's too much, he said, don't even... Don't even worry about it. He said it's very survivable coming to the surface that fast as long as you're breathing out, which is interesting. And then uh, it's noted here in this article that Packard already had had two perforated eardrums, I guess, from from doing this kind of work. And then, yeah, and then Ferris says he's a commercial diver, bro. He's not going to have barotrauma in his ears coming up from 40 feet. It's just not a thing. Right. Right, because if he's been doing it his whole life, he he's already like it's almost like he's conditioned himself. Is that what he's trying to say? Like it's not like just throwing some average Joe in there who's never been underwater. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it also wouldn't like show in damage to his eardrum either if he already had mm-hmm. damage there. His already damaged eardrums. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the, if they're looking for damage there and there's already damage and it's old damage, then yeah, it, they're not going to see any new damage. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm almost on board here. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that is in an article um, that is titled uh, Cape Cod Scuba Divers Believe the Lobster Diver Who Says He Was Trapped Inside a Whale. And so they, they have quotes from several people from that area. And they there's another one here. I don't think he's lying at all. I think it's amazing what happened. Very strange. I mean, it, it, I would say that's, that's a check in his, in his column that obviously this happened because, uh, you know, his peers are saying it. I mean, maybe they just stick up for you no matter what, you know, being from that world but seems like i would think someone who is also in that world would be the first to call bullshit yeah that's true they know better than us Hmm. so apparently 
there's like quite a famous story of someone else getting swallowed by a whale back in the 1800s. His name was James Bartley. And he was apparently on some kind of like whaling expedition, fell into the water and was actually swallowed by the whale. And I think spent allegedly 36 hours in the belly of a whale until this whale was harpooned, taken onto a boat, cut open, and he was there inside the whale's stomach. Okay. Now that sounds like a tall tale. It sure does. (laughs) <laughs> so I looked up some science on what would happen if you were actually swallowed by a whale. Are, is there no like st- like stomach acid? Exactly. Yeah. So there's lots of acid that would eat away at your skin. So there would be lots of damage. I mean, there is reports that he was like very, very white, his skin after coming out of the stomach. I don't know what skin looks like if it's being eaten away by bile acids. <laughs> Um, but apparently, like, there's way less oxygen in there and uh, an increase in methane gas, too. So it's possible he would have just, like, asphyxiated in the whale before being pulled out. I, I got to say, if this is a true story, kudos to everyone on board the ship <laughs> to, to, like, track down the whale for three days. Yeah, Find seriously. the right one. Like, kill it. Dra- <laughs> Come on. Wait, Come is on. that what happened? It was it was like a, a thing like that that they they seeked this whale who swallowed their friend out of vengeance? Uh no, I I maybe that's just the way my brain put it together. I have no <laughs> idea. Oh, okay. But he he was in there for three for thirty six hours uh-huh. and then the whale was harpooned and then cut open and they found him. I'm assuming uh-huh. it was because they were looking for him. I yeah, I mean I think it I mean the Wikipedia, I mean, take it as you will. Wikipedia says that his peers had harpooned the whale and oh, okay. cut the whale open. I mean, either either way, it's unbelievable. If it was just happenstance that there was another whaling ship out there and killed the whale and found, uh, what's his face? Mm-hmm. James Bartley. Yeah, there's some part of that story that's definitely fake. If it's not completely fake, I feel like definitely the amount of time he was in the whale is not true or not even close to accurate has been exaggerated over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, the author George Orwell, famous for writing that book, 1984, uh, was obsessed with this story. (laughs) He uh, he wrote about it twice in separate novels. I think one was called Coming Up for Air and another essay called Inside the Whale. It's a little on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, surprisingly specific for Orwell. (laughs) <laughs> indeed i what kind of metaphor for communism was this <laughs> right <laughs> right well they they all banded together and they they harpooned the the uh consumer of uh the little man yeah the whale is big business <laughs> exactly the whale represents big government and big business <laughs> big everything big ocean maybe i'm just being insensitive but if you were on a whale watching expedition and someone fell in the water and you saw them go into the mouth of a whale, wouldn't you just be like, well, that guy's done? <laughs> like, like, would you grab your harpoon and, and, and <laughs> say, like, Let, let's get them, boys? I would, die, I would grab my harpoon and dive in from the top level of the boat. Do like a 300 jump? Yeah, I, w- I, would, t- I would leave my phone on the deck, though. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, you don't want the salt water in that. Right, and 
then everybody from the 1800s would be like, what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I mean, maybe they're just bored back then. When did this happen? 1890s, I think. 1890s. God, it feels like there were a lot more tall tales back then, like before the internet, before like the aforementioned cell phones in pockets that would have taken a picture of this uh, person inside of a whale. I mean, you know? there's people still don't trust the news. So, uh... <laughs> good point. <laughs> it seems like a lot easier to make up a story like this back in the day, but um, but yeah, it's a really famous story, whether it's true or not. Was Pinocchio, was that part in Pinocchio based on that story? Well, I think it was probably based on uh, the Bible story, Jonah inside the whale. But yeah, Geppetto definitely got swallowed by a whale. Now, was Geppetto swallowed or just in the mouth? I forgot. (laughs) I think he was in the mouth because he like built a little fire. Yeah, didn't he have a lantern? Yeah, he was with his lantern. He was on on a raft and then he built a fire up so the whale would sneeze him out. Oh, right. I don't know how I remember this in such great detail. Maybe because it traumatized me as a child. As all good Disney movies do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do you think his friends are going to nickname him from here on out? Jonah's definitely a given. Geppetto, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Moby Dick. I'm going to go with that he's not getting a nickname from this. Um, for two reasons. I know he's got a, a sense of humor about it, but he did seem a little traumatized. Like he actually didn't want to get inside the the whale uh, that they made for him at Jimmy Kimmel. Um, <laughs> at first, he was like, I'm going back to Cape Cod. Um, but then, he, you know, he, he's a good sport. So he got in it. I think this guy is so interesting that no nickname could actually do him justice. Just old Mike. Yeah. Packard. <laughs> That's and he's fun. going he's going right back to work. Or he went right back to work. Yeah, I mean, all joking aside, this is a terrible thing to happen to somebody. And I hope... Uh, it seems like he has a sense of humor about it, but I, I just want to put it out there in case Mr. Packard listens to this. Uh, I'm sorry for your experience. It must have been awful. Really, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, I'm sure it was it was traumatizing. Probably not something he wants to talk about for the rest of his life. Um, you know, uh, maybe hence why he did not reply to us. We did uh, send him an email to uh, try to uh, talk to him um, on the show about this story. Um, but I guess after you do Jimmy Kimmel, like why do you, why do you need to do uh, talk to Crawl Space? But what are you talking about? Maybe he just thought that the name Crawl Space <laughs> was made up as like a joke. You know, <laughs> we were trolling him. Yeah, whale space. Not going in this crawl space. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's he doesn't he's not keen on uh, on tight spaces now. From an article from National Geographic by Melissa Hobson, uh, that's where I get the information about the possibility of a whale swallowing a human being. The individual Nicola Hodgkins of the Whale and Dolphin Conservation pretty much came to the conclusion that Packard was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it actually is, while it's very rare, according to this article, it's not the first time that humans have ended up in 
a whale's mouth. In 2020, kayakers were caught in the mouth of a feeding humpback in California, as was a tour operator in South Africa's Port Elizabeth Harbor in 2019. So, I mean, not common, but not uncommon. And after hearing Jen describe how these things will feed, which is just open up and, you know, take it all in. Yeah. Wrong place at the wrong time. I could totally see that. It's like a bulldozer, right? Yeah, I wish you could see Tim's impression of a humpback whale eating. (laughs) More like great white to me. Yeah. (laughs) Try again. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, okay, I mean, I guess that's it, guys. I hope uh, I hope our uh, our audience enjoyed this conversation. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to uh, to mention on this uh, this conversation about uh, Michael Packer, the uh, the lobster diver who ended up inside a whale's mouth? Michael Packard, I hope you get free drinks at the bar for the rest of your life. With you on that, I I will second that motion. I will also say you shouldn't be afraid of whales. And hey, go swimming all you want. I appreciate it. I I, I understand it. But also, you should understand that the ocean's really not your home as a human being. So you're going to encounter things that you uh, can't see under the surface. And one of them might be a whale. All my best to him, really. I I hope that he continues his career as a lobster fisherman. I was uh, partially kidding about him being uh, like a rogue lobster fisherman. I think the way he does it is is really cool and and very independent. And I hope that he continues that and I hope he stays safe. Um, I'm on the other side. I think it happened to him. I see no reason why this would be a lie or a tall tale. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm convinced, too. All right, there you go. You've heard it here on Crawl Space. Local legend Michael Packard. True story uh, says us. Case closed. 